0: Welcome to another podcast in this series linking to articles in techniques in choroproctology. In this podcast, we're going to discuss a novel treatment for a challenging problem of how to treat high and complex fistulinano without damaging sphincter. Dr. Rudy Prost, a rectal surgeon in Stuttgart in Germany, who's also the director of the Proctological Institute in Stuttgart, has published his experience with a novel endoscopic clipping device, the OTSC. Proctology device. You can find the article in full in volume 20 of Techniques in Coloproctology from page 173 by finding our site online, or you can follow the link from our Twitter feed, which you can find at techcoloproctol. I first asked Rudy why we need a new treatment for fistula you know?
1: Yeah, well, in former years we always had two different techniques for the treatment of complex fistula. Uh, one are advancement flaps. The other one was the uh, fistulatomy with primary sphincter reconstructions. Um, but to be honest, the healing rates were not that convincing. We had healing rates of 70 to 80 percent. And even if the surgery was successful, the technique was associated with a certain risk of incontinence. So there was always the need for something, we say, minimally invasive, uh, which Um, does not cause any harm to the sphincter muscle and which could uh, reduce the the risk for sphincter incontinence after surgery. So about maybe 10-15 years ago um, the first minimally invasive technique was the pluck. Um, The first results were very enthusiastic like 80-90% to healing rate but the results became more and more uh, disappointing down to 15% healing rate so um, there's still the need to have a new technique which still is minimally invasive, which does not cause large wounds, which does not harm the sphincter muscle. And that's why we are still searching for these new techniques like the clip or like laser or like waft or whatever.
0: Mm. So are, are these uh, high uh, fistulas, one that would cross, you cross know, more than a third to a half of the external sphincter, or are this, would this, these kind of treatments be for any fistula, no matter low or high, however much it transverse, traverses?
1: No, well, the, the lower fistulas um, are usually treated by fistulectom or fistulotomy. So this is not the indication for the clip. Um, we treat um, high transfincteric fistulas, suprasynteric fistulas, and extra uh, fistulas, whether clip or rectovaginal fistulas, so these are the main indications for the autistic proctology device. Okay, right. So, can you
0: describe um, for us? And of course, everyone can read this in full in the uh, in the associated paper in Techniques in proctology, But can you describe the clicking device, the clipping device, and this technique?
1: Yeah. Well, the OTSC proctology device is derived from the endoscopic OTC proctology, uh, from the OTSC um, device, which has been used for many, many years, very successfully in endoscopic interventions, such as for hemostasis, um, for the closure of uh, postoperative um, leaks, for fistulas. And what we did, we changed the uh, form, the geometry of the clip, for a trans-anal use of the clip without an endoscope mm. and for that reason we also developed a special clip applicator where the clip is preloaded on the tip of the instrument which then can be inserted directly um, to the internal uh, opening of the fistula mm-hmm. the um, main advantage of the functional component let's say of the clip um, is the clip itself? It's made of nitinol, a super elastic alloy. That means when the opened clip is applied to the fistler, it uh, recovers its undeformed, closed shape, and by doing so, it compresses the captured tissue with an almost dynamic and constant force of around 7 Newton. And there are small little gaps in between the teeth of the a clip. That means that the micro perfusion of the captured tissue is still maintained. Mm. So it, it does not cause any necrosis or ischemia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So this is the main, well, functional component of the of the clip device, the clip itself yeah. of nitinol.
0: So and when so when you're using it to treat these fistulas, um, presumably you you assess them in some way beforehand, either with an examination, or anesthesia, or maybe an MRI, and decide which are suitable for this. So these yeah. these higher sphincter traversing uh, fistulas, uh, where where continence is at risk, and then they they come for this technique. Just talk us through it. Hey, how how do you do it from uh, when they're on the uh, on the table in front of you, the patients. How do you position them? Are they in lithotomy, or are they prone, or does it depend?
1: Well, well it's, it's supine, I think. How do you call yeah. it? Yeah,
0: lithotomy, we call it, yeah, but yeah, supine with the legs up, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, that's in position. Well, we usually start um, the surgery, let's say, two to three months before the clip procedure, because at that time, we do, let's say, an exploration of the fistula, mm-hmm. where we decide whether the clip is suitable or not. If we have to do a complex surgery in terms of CLIP or laser, uh, we put a seton in for two to three months to guarantee a drainage of the fistula, to avoid any inflammation inside and around the fistula. And then for the CLIP procedure, we uh, position the patient in a supine position. Um, Well, and the, the procedure starts that we excise a small area of anoderm around the internal opening of the clip we have to do that because otherwise the clip would be positioned right on the very sensitive anoderm mm. and probably would cause pain that's why we remove it so that the clip will be placed directly on the sphincter muscle okay that's the first step then we debride the, the, the tract of the of the fistula we have a special fistula brush we rinse it, we clean it with saline, and then the next step would that we um, place two U-form sutures in a cross-like fashion through the internal, internal fistula opening. Mm-hmm. And by the aid of these sutures, we can insert the clip applicator right on the internal fist opening, and then the clip is released from the tip of the applicator, and then we test whether the internal opening is tight or not we just rinse it with saline from the outer opening and then we remove these holding sutures and that's the end of the procedure the last step would be that we excise the external fistula opening just to guarantee that there are better drainage that there will be no collection of of secretion that there is no risk of a abscess after surgery okay
0: and so the hole on the outside is that just cutting around the external opening or is it yes. is it laid open yes. more?
1: Just a very circular wound just to the guarantee that the the remaining secretion can uh, leave the fistula tract.
0: Okay, and there's no fistulectomy involved. You don't you don't nope. Nope. no no okay. no
1: fistolectomy. We just remove all the new epithelium that is lined inside of the fistula tract with a brush. The track itself is left as it is before, mm-hmm. so we just close the internal fistula opening. So the principle is about the same as we as we were using, for example, with advancement flap. So we close the internal fistula opening to avoid that stool and bacteria will flow inside the fistal tract. So we well we, we keep the the fistula tract dry. Mm-hmm. That's the principle of healing. So it's comparable with the flap.
0: Okay. And, and so you do this, and, and presumably did the, the patients experience much pain afterwards?
1: Well, this was our, our greatest concern, that the, the the surgery would be successful, but the pain could not stand the pain, because if you look at the clip, it's tiny but has very, very sharp teeth. Hmm. And that's why we do the, the step with the removal of the enderm around the internal fistula, so that the teeth do not, Get in contact with the sensitive anoderm. Mm.
0: Okay, and so that's a
1: precaution: how to avoid pain? Right. And what we found during our study that the pain after surgery is comparable as with other surgeries for fistulas. So there is no higher pain load or or intolerable pain after surgery.
0: So most people manage on simple analgesia given regularly for exactly. a few days. Yeah. Exactly. Okay.
1: They're usually ibuprofen for a few days. That's sufficient to cover the pain.
0: And I, and I see that you keep people in, patients in overnight. It, it, would this not be suitable for a, a day case, this procedure?
1: No, no, we're not doing this just because of, of let's say, um, well, political reasons, because um, the re- reimbursement is higher if the patient stays for a few days in the hospital. Okay,
0: so that, let's say you worked in the so, UK and it's all about getting patients home quickly. Would it be possible to do that?
1: Well, well, no, I wouldn't do it because the procedure is still quite new.
0: Mm.
1: We're still in a kind of learning curve, I would say. Um, I know that some of my colleagues are doing the procedure as an outpatient procedure, but personally, I wouldn't do it just to observe the patient for, let's say, two three days to mm. see how the bowel movement um, is, is starting after surgery if he shows any kinds of, of infections, hmm. uh, just just to make sure that there's no no major complication after surgery.
0: Okay. And is there any aftercare required? Do they need dressings or any attention from a nurse in the community or any other aftercare?
1: No, no. no. The, the, the wound care after surgery is quite simple because the, the wound outside is quite small So the only thing that the patient has to do is to shower, to rinse the wound just with normal water from the tip, showering. And then he uses dressings with a little bit of cream, local anesthetic cream, for example. He just covers the the, uh, wound outside and that's it. Okay. So he's, he's able to make the wound management completely on its own.
0: And how long before they're back to normal activities?
1: Usually two to three weeks. Two to three
0: weeks. so what is it keeps them away from normal activities?
1: Well, just to make sure that they can take care of the wound, because at the beginning there's kind of secretion, and this has to be guaranteed that they're doing the cleaning two, three times a day, which would not be possible during normal work time. Mm,
0: okay. I'm, I'm interested. The novel, the novel development is, is the clip from what you describe, and why not just suture the internal opening? What does a clip add over, over a suture?
1: Well, that was it's probably in, in all um, um, presentations I do, this is the first question, why not you're not suturing the internal fistula mm. opening? Well, there have been a lot of attempts to do so, but I think the main reason why it does not work to close the internal fistula opening is that the that the tissue changes after surgery so if you tied the the sutures we have a static closure so when the tissue changes by compression or by shrinking Mm. we have a natural reopening of the fistula that means that we have the inflow of stool and bacteria and then we have a persistent fistula Um, so this is something that has been tried several times before but it does not work Mm. And the main advantage is that sutures are static and the clip is dynamic. So whatever the tissue after surgery does, if it shrinks or even we have a swelling inside, the tissue always maintains the same compression on the tissue. Yeah. That is the the idea that stands behind this super elastic clip.
0: Yeah. And you were saying that uh, the clip allows... Uh, normal oxygenation of the tissue, so there's there's less necrosis. Is that is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. The endoscopic clip, which is about the same um, form and geometry, is used for the closure of perforations in the bowel, for example, mm. where the where the uh, wall is very thin, and even um, there we don't see any necrosis. Mm. So there is a healing of the very thin um, bowel wall without necrosis or ischemia
0: okay so thanks very much for describing the the method so clearly and uh, and what happens after the operation could you summarize the results of your study? you, you looked at 100 patients and yes. so quite a large experience so what did you find in yeah. those 100 patients
1: well we we did a study um of 100 applications of the otc proctology we did it in stuttgart and uh, together with my colleagues in Mannheim. Um, we applied the CLIP in um, 96 patients, most of them had uh, transenteric fistulas, 55 of them, uh, 38 had um, suprasfenteric fistulas, 2 had extrasfenteric fistulas, and 5 patients had rectovaginal fistulas. Mm. Um, most of the fistulas were of cryptoglandular origin, 8 uh, fistulas were Crohn's fistulas, and 3 were colitis fistulas. Um, Surgery was quite fast, um, was about 30 minutes per case. Um, there were no intra and postoperative major complications. And what we found that um, the overall healing rate was 65%. Um, when the clip was used as first-line therapy, the healing rate was 79%. When the clip was used in a recurrent fistula, um, the healing rate dropped down to um, 26%. The healing rate for cryptoclandular fistula was better, with 67% um, percent in comparison to um, Crohn's and colitis fistulas, where the healing rate was only 45%. Mm. And um, in rectovaginal fistulas, the uh, healing rate was quite disappointing. It was only 20%. But we just treated uh, we treated only um, five female patients with a clip, mm. so that it seems that that the the major uh, indication for the clip would be in um, fistulas uh, that had not been uh, operated before, and in cryptoglandular fistulas.
0: That's very interesting. Thanks. The obviously these uh, these rectovaginal fistulas are, are just very difficult to treat. Full stop, aren't they? And it's interesting yeah. that, unfortunately, this doesn't seem to add add much to those difficult ones. But it's a very difficult uh, group of patients uh, you've treated there. Why do you think that there's such a marked difference between the the primary the repair, uh, you know, yeah. where you've done this the first time, and one where there's been an attempt to repair or repair the fistula before? There's yeah. a dramatic difference, isn't there, between those two results, those two groups?
1: Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, that the clip compresses the tissue of the internal fistula opening. Mm -hmm. So, if the patient had surgery before, we usually found scar tissue in this area. So, I think the main drawback is in these patients with recurrent fistulas that the force, the compression force of the clip, is not sufficient within the scar tissue to close. Mm -hmm. The internal fistula opening to guarantee a healing of the fistula. Mm. That is the my idea.
0: Yeah. So, you, so you've got some scar tissue that's maybe not as well exactly. perfused because it's scar tissue. And yeah. um, okay, okay.
1: It's, it's more stiff than the original fistula around the, the internal fistula opening. Yeah. So the compression is too low in these recurrent fistula to guarantee the healing. That's yeah. the idea I think that okay. that stands behind the. The bad results,
0: and then, and then in in the Crohn's fistulas, had, they were on medical treatment to to treat the Crohn's at the same time, I presume.
1: Well, you usually get there there in the inflammatory treatment, and we we do surgery only if they have a stable um, situation without without uh, in while well, elevated um, infection size uh, with almost normal stool symptoms. So these are usually under. Well, Crohn or colitis medication, yes. Yeah,
0: because it's a very attractive, but, a very attractive group of patients to treat, isn't it? Because we don't lay these open because you know they're going to be back with more fistulas perhaps later, and so there's lots of sphincter damage potentially, and uh, and also the alternative is a lot of patients have uh, have setons in for a long time uh, yeah. with Crohn's disease, so it's a very attractive group of people to treat, and and advancement flaps don't do so well because of the Crohn's disease. Yeah. The other thing I was going to ask uh, was obviously advancement flap, uh, you know, sort of debridement of the track and advancement flap is is probably very similar to this. Um, how how does it compare to advancement flap? And you know, what what are the advantages of this over the advancement flap? Would you would you say having used it?
1: Yeah. Well, the advancement flap takes much more surgery time. Um, It's technically challenging, it's complicated. Sometimes you don't have too much tissue or it's scar tissue and you can't really, um, well, use a flap. Um, If you look at at the clip, it's done in maybe 20 minutes. There are almost no contraindications for the clip. Mm. Um, One would be that the uh, anal canal is too narrow or for example, if the internal fistula opening is too excavated to place the clip, uh, but these are the only two contraindications for the clip, and um, well, then we have the problem with the postoperative incontinence um, after flaps, even if the surgery is successful in healing the fistula, mm-hmm. uh, which we don't have in the clip. Mm-hmm. We do not harm the the uh, the sphincter muscle though there's almost no risk for incontinence after surgery.
0: It's interesting you mentioned continence and it, it's not one of the things that you record in in your study but even though you haven't recorded it, from observation of your patients do you think that the clip has any detrimental effect on continence?
1: No no not at all not at, not at, all. at all. We we don't we don't do measurements of continence we do not we're not doing sphincter Pressure measurements, for example, after surgery, but asking the patients whether they have any problems in holding the stool, hmm. and we did not see any negative effects done by the done by the clip procedure. So um, okay. we do not see any problems in continence. So, are there
0: any complications of this apart from apart from recurrent fistula relapse? Are there any complications that you've noticed in in your hundred patients?
1: Well, um, clip loss. That means that when the clip is detached too early, let's say after seven to ten days, this will be associated with the persistence of the fistula. Um, to our observations, we need at least two weeks to stay that the clip stays in place to guarantee the healing of the fistula. Mm-hmm. Um, then in th- especially younger female patients, we have seen that they were a little bit uh, restricted in sports activities. So they told, the three of them told me that they well thought to feel the clips doing cycling. So we had to remove the clip. And one um, finding was that the clip migrated from the, inside of the anorectum underneath the wound outside. So we had to remove the clip from the outside. We left everything closed inside of the anorectum mm-hmm. and we removed the clip outside without reopen opening the, the fistula track.
0: Okay, um, and by outside do you mean it came out of the external opening or it came yes. under yes. yes. Oh right. Okay. It came out
1: through the external fistula opening, yes. Right. But the fistula had healed. Yes. That was the amazing finding. So there was no remaining no remaining fistula, but the clip had migrated from the inside to the outside. Right. But Can this was just one case. So this was something very extraordinary.
0: Can you put this in context of other uh, sphincter-saving techniques for fistula? Because there are a few around now, aren't there? So how do, how do you think yeah. this compares to all the other techniques that are out there?
1: Well... Um, <sighs> We have mainly two or three modern techniques like the laser procedure, the lift procedure, uh, and the valve procedure, and we are starting to combine um, two techniques. We, um, while well, debriding the track with the laser, so we're combining FILAC mm-hmm. um, with the clip device, um, just to make sure that we have by the laser, an effect on the fistula tract, and with the clip, we close the internal fistula opening. So I think we can combine these techniques probably to um, increase the healing rate. Mm. Uh, we we're not using the lift technique. Uh, we're not using the valve technique. So I can only speak for combining laser with the clip. Mm. Uh, we we just. Um, started with these combinations so i can't really tell you about results
0: yeah because uh, francis sauchen chen uh, published in gene 16 last year in in techniques uh, vaft versus ots uh, vaft plus uh, otsc proctology so uh, i suppose if people are interested they could they could go and read that yeah. article as well well yeah. what so it, se- it seems very attractive for these difficult to treat fistulas what's the learning curve for somebody who's new to it what would you recommend would they come would come and have somebody like you train them uh, and roll it out or would it be you know simple enough to do it themselves or how would you recommend people went about trying this technique?
1: well the the technique itself looks quite simple because the uh, clip applicator looks like a stapling device so it's very intuitive Mm. um so you we don't need a training, you just have to know how to place for example the holding sutures around the internal fistula opening uh, you have to make sure that you excise the external fistula opening to allow the drainage but the, the procedure to place the clip on the internal fistula opening is very simple as I said it takes maybe 20 minutes um, but it's still fistal surgery, it looks very simple but it should not be done by surgeons who are not trained in, in fistula surgery. Mm. There's one study done f- in France where um, gastroenterologists were using the, the OTC proctology and the results were horrible. <laughs> uh, the problem is that the, the, clip, it's, uh, the placement of the clip is simple, but there are certain situations where it's not possible and then you have to switch from the clip device to something else and if you're not trained in doing fistula surgery you don't have the option to choose a different technique.
0: So there are some treatment failures what what are the options for treatment if the uh, OTSC proctology device fails?
1: Well we could do a second OTSC proctology procedure or as I mentioned we can combine it like breeding the uh, tract with laser and mm-hmm. then put the clip or then finally use the old-fashioned techniques like the flip, like the, the flap or like um, a fistelectomy with primary sphincter reconstruction.
0: Okay, so we haven't lost anything, have we, by trying this? There's No, no we don't, don't have
1: lost anything. It's just another technique that can be used in, let's say, a new weapon in the armamentarium of the
0: surgeon. So thinking about going forward then what would be your ideal trial to uh, to construct involving this versus what would you compare it against?
1: I, I would say comparing the clip with the advancement flap because it's the same principle of treating a fistula. Closing the internal fistula opening and allow the fistula to dry out.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then, and then, so, and your endpoints would be healing in time. How, time yes, time healing you time in time
1: after, yeah. let's say, six six months. Yeah. Healing in terms of clinical science, not of radiological findings. Um, clinical signs: um, no secretion, no internal, no external fistula opening, no pain, no swelling, no discomfort. Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: um, Rudy Prost, thank you very, very much for talking to us, uh, and thanks for describing uh, a fascinating new technique in fistula surgery. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Thank you very much for the interview.